1: Best
0: friends forever. Yo! This is the fantasy best friends forever here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Alongside Frankie Stanfall, I am Greg Sussman. Frankie! Come on, man
2: ready Football is back, my man.
0: Are you ready? I'm ready, man. I'm ready. I said are you ready? Yeah, 100 percent ready. I'm ready to rock. Things are good. It's awesome, man. It's I can't believe it. I kinda did, I kinda can because we've been working really hard on it. Um <laughs> It's been a grueling off season. It's been a grueling off season in particular in particularly a grueling week for sure. Um I just feel like we're just nonstop doing stuff, which is awesome. And what's even cooler about that is it's just non-stop news breaking. That's the crazy part to me. There's nonstop news breaking all week long. And, and really it starts and kind of ends with Le'Veon Bell. I read the tweet on the air yesterday. We, we weren't sure if it was real. But people are believing that he's not coming back for the next 10 games. His offensive line called him out and said, listen, you run behind us. We do your job for you. And ultimately, a lot of shockwaves. Next can these shockwaves be resolved if he shows up today, for instance? I happen to think so. You've been on record and, and, and on Twitter certainly saying, hey, I think he's played his last game in his Steelers uniform. You don't know that he can come back from this. This Le'Veon Bell situation is one of the crazier ones we've ever seen in fantasy football.
2: Yeah, and it's two years in a row now, right? Where there's a polarizing situation involving a big-name running back. Last year, it was Ezekiel Elliott. Really threw us for a loop. We didn't know where to draft him because of that. Was he going to get suspended six games? Was it going to be the start of the season? Was it going to be the end of the season? It ended up being the middle of the year for Ezekiel Elliott. And and now we have this Le'Veon Bell situation. And you're right. I tweeted it out yesterday. I don't think he plays another game with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I just think this has gone completely awry. I mean, his offensive line calling him out. Now, I mean, maybe I'm just reading too much into it. You know, maybe, maybe I'm a sensitive guy, Greg. But if these guys can find a way to just sweep it under the rug and Le'Veon Bell comes back, I mean, if this team gets off to a slow start and they're like, "Look, we take back what we said. We need Le'Veon Bell," and maybe they make amends rather quickly. Uh, but I just think it's gone. It's gone so south from the front office to GM. Uh, Mike Tomlin, um, the offensive lineman even calling him out, Big Ben. I, it just seems like everyone has turned their back on Le'Veon Bell, um, which is it, it's, it's crazy to say, like the verbiage, right? Like the way it sounds like they're turning their back on him. Uh, it's like taking sides. Did Le'Veon Bell turn his back on them? Uh, it, it's tough. It's a tough situation. And it's like if, if there were still drafts happening, which there are, there's some like big high-stakes drafts still going on. <laughs>
0: Like, what do you do? Yeah, if It's that's crazy. crazy. Some that's people a, are still drafting tonight. 100%. I, I, we have auctions tonight going on. With their snake draft still going on. I don't know what to do. Like we, You were mentioning before, both on the air and off the air, about James Conner and like how we've gone to the other side with James Conner, treating him like Le'Veon Bell, seeing these crazy, crazy offers of, of of Aaron Rodgers for James Conner and, and the like. I mean, what are the craziest offers you've seen?
2: I've seen A.J. Green involved in some trades for James Conner. I think yesterday someone in the chat asked us, They were offered Tyreek Hill. I've seen Doug Baldwin thrown out there. So this guy is, James Conner is being valued as a near second, third round value right now,
1: especially
0: for the Le'Veon Bell owner. It's it's crazy. It's crazy, Greg. So, you know, it's it's interesting because I, I get it, right? Like we've seen it with the Steelers. That's really the difference in that we have seen it with the Steelers in that they are a workhorse running back team. When Le'Veon Bell has been hurt or suspended, they give the ball to D'Angelo Williams 500 times. Like, we've seen that. And I think people have that in their minds with James Conner. What I can tell you, and I read you the stat this morning, I'm going to do it again, that if you're an Antonio Brown owner, you should feel pretty awesome right now. Because in the last 16 games without Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown has played has posted a line of, it is a 16 games, so basically a full season, 146 receptions, 200 targets, 2,080 yards, 13 touchdowns. That is good for 435 PPR points. This comes from Anthony Staggs on Twitter. Brown has also played in 13 games over the last three seasons without Le'Veon Bell. If you want to extrapolate that to 16 games, only, you know, three-game extrapolation, that would lead to 155 receptions on 219 targets, over 2,100 yards, 14 touchdowns, and 455 PPR points. In theory, whenever... Le'Veon Bell doesn't play. Antonio Brown goes off.
2: Yeah, while James Conner or whoever fills in for Le'Veon Bell, we assume it's James Conner, he's going to be the workhorse for this team. I don't know that he's going to catch the ball as much as Le'Veon Bell would have, right? Like, Le'Veon Bell sees uh, at least, you know, six, seven targets a game. Uh, He's around that, you know, five receptions a game pace. um, You know, consistently 70 receptions plus per year. I'm not, like, James Conner is going to be the workhorse for this team. But I'm with you, especially with those Antonio Brown stats. I mean, there are numbers to back it up. James Conner will catch the ball still, yes. Probably not as much as Le'Veon Bell would have. And for that reason, those extra targets that are left behind are going to go to Antonio Brown. They're going to go to Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, and ultimately, like James Conner isn't, probably, isn't going to be as dynamic as Le'Veon Bell. So it just opens up the, the more, uh, more opportunity for Antonio Brown. So I agree with you on that front. Remember, last time in 2015, Le'Veon Bell played from week 3 through 8. Week 9 on, D'Angelo Williams. This is his carries total. Week 9, 27. Week 10, 17. Week 11, bye. Week 12, 8 carries. Week 13, 26. Week 14, 23. Week 15, 14. Week 16, 17 carries. So, I mean, there were three games in that stretch where he had 23-plus carries. That was D'Angelo Williams. And at that point, he was... I don't know, 33 years old? 32, 33? Right. James Conner is much younger than that, and he has looked very spry in the preseason. So, uh, look, I just hope that if you are a Le'Veon Bell owner, you have James Conner. You know, there's a league that I I have, Greg, where I lost Jerick McKinnon, and now I lost Le'Veon Bell, and I don't have James Conner. So this will be the ultimate test to see if I can withstand the, it, losing that, that's the my league, first in uh, my fourth round. You picked roster. right after
0: me. I took Gurley, you took Bell, yep. you took McKinnon, and I took Royce Freeman. And things are going well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're welcome, Greg. Uh, things uh, things going very, very well. Um, it's crazy. This Le'Veon Bell thing. Like We knew, the, for instance, last year the Ezekiel Elliott suspension was hanging over us. When players are suspended, it's hanging over. Guys are always going to be injured. It happens every year. But this is the one year where we kind of ignored Le'Veon Bell being holding out. We saw it last year. We figured he'd just show up. And maybe he will. Like, that's the craziest thing. If you have a draft tonight, you see Le'Veon Bell just dropping. and You're like, all right, at what point do I just do this? And you have it in your head, I'll just take James Conner early. And in my league, Le'Veon Bell went two overall. This, this draft was on Tuesday night before the report broke yesterday. He went two overall, and they took James Conner in the eighth round. And it ultimately, it doesn't matter when you have to take James Conner. You just have to make sure you do it. And I was seeing Chris Vaccaro tweet, like, I have a, he has the 10th pick tonight. He's like, I don't, I, don't, I don't know what to do. If Le'Veon Bell's staring at me at pick 10, what do I do? And I don't know the answer. I don't think anybody can. If you were drafting tonight, Greg,
2: mm-hmm. at what point do you're like, what name do you need to see next to Le'Veon Bell in the running back tab and be like, this is the time that I take Le'Veon Bell. Right. This and is I, the time that I take the risk. Well,
0: that's, that's, that's the question, obviously. <laughs>
2: um, for, for my draft rank purposes, I've moved him behind Christian McCaffrey.
0: And obviously, you, is he behind Leonard Fournette for you? Yes. Okay. So he is behind, he's behind like, he's, he's in front of Devontae Freeman and Jordan Howard. That means.
2: Yep. That's exactly where I've pushed him to. I think at that point, yeah, you could you take that risk. And then you're, the, the next question you ask yourself is when do I take James Conner? Right. Which, you know, people were asking me yesterday. I know Truck tweeted at me and said he saw him go in the sixth round of a draft. So you pull the trigger in the fifth, the sixth round. You have to dedicate your maybe your late first, early second round pick on Le'Veon Bell and then your fifth or your sixth round pick on James Conner. You're drafting tonight?
0: Brutal. And you have to. Because if you... I, as can was looking into, draft, into week one without your first or second round pick. and You, know you can't every, do it. And you know everybody in that draft is going to be tempted to take James Connor throughout the draft.
2: Yeah. you might go in the fourth round. You might go
0: earlier than that. Probably won't.
2: I don't know how many... We have a lot to get to today, obviously, Greg. We do. We're going we're gonna to talk to uh, Inside Injuries about week one injury updates. We're going to give you a prediction for tonight. Um, start and sit for tonight's game, the Eagles versus the Falcons, obviously. And we're going to go through predictions as well. But if you have any crazy James Conner trades or Le'Veon Bell trades or situations that you need to, call in 844-843-6879. I, I want to hear what some crazy stuff that's going on out there right
0: now. I just don't, I just don't like know what to do. I, I, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Oh, my goodness. This Le'Veon Bell news is is just wild. Um, I, don't blame, I don't blame him at all. He, he could afford, this is my opinion on it, he could afford to lose the money. He's made yeah. a lot of money. He um, has a hip-hop career as well. Making
2: he's money going there. to
0: make a lot of money wherever he signs. I always take the side of the player, and this is no different. Like, I get your teammates are, are, are PO'd at you, and this, is, and this is the weird thing, right? Whenever you have these player disputes, normally the players all back you like, every single time. That's what's
2: so crazy. This is what's That's weird. So crazy.
0: So you wonder if he like lied to them was just like, yeah, I'll be back after Labor Day.
2: That's probably what it is, though, because all along his agent was saying, "Le'Veon Bell is bound for the best season of his career." And there was a tweet that resurfaced yesterday that Le'Veon Bell tweeted out back, and I think it was May, and he put the date like nine nine eighteen, right? Like that's week one date or whatever. Okay. I'm saying, pretty much indicating, like, I'm gonna be there. Right. So you that I, that's what I think they're they're they take. They take most to heart is that he misled them. If he would have came out during May and he's like, Look, I'm holding out, I'm not playing until week 10,
0: then I think, or if he said, I'm not paying until yeah. I get paid, whatever. Yeah. yeah, it's different. Yeah, I think it's different. I-, I think that's fair. I think that's fair, man. Crazy. And maybe I was not even playing tonight. Like, we have another couple of days. Of this <laughs> It's great. Uh, tonight, Eagles and Falcons kick us off. No Carson Went, which we speculated on back in November, right, when this team went, started this run when he gets hurt, tears his ACL in that game against the Rams, and we speculated on it when he won the Super Bowl, and I sat here, Frank, talking to you, and I'm like, well, Nick Foles starts week one, and there's no, by the way, guarantee or indication Carson Wentz is back in week two. That, like, he hasn't started practicing with contact yet. So there's no guarantee he's back next week. If Foles goes on this run again, it's going to be hard to mention It's going to be hard to bench him. I said it back in November. Y'all laughed at me. And I get how Nick Foles looked in the preseason. Like, he looked terrible. He
2: looked like Nick Foles.
0: But what did you say to me before we came up here? People are writing off the Eagles tonight. People are writing off Nick Foles like they always game do. It's a all this is over
2: it. You a, see all the money going towards it It was Atlanta a trap
0: right. game when they played Atlanta in the divisional round last this year. Game was at, I, think,
2: I think it opened at like four and a half.
0: It was a trap game when they played Minnesota at home last year. It was a trap game in the Super Bowl last year. And once again, they are at home. It would not surprise me if all of a sudden this is pick em in this in the Super Contest. It's a pick game. It would not surprise me if it gets there later tonight. Although, this totally is a trap down, game. It's down to one point. Yeah. It opened at four and a half, Greg. This is a trap written all over it. And I understand Frank Reich's not there. And I understand that this is the guy that won the Super Bowl. But I'm telling you, this is such a trap.
2: How about this, Greg? The Falcons money line now, is now minus 110. <laughs> it's pick them, <laughs> man. It's pick them. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, but it, it does have trap game written all over it. Um, yeah, I'm worried. I don't, think, I don't think there's a lot of points scored in this game either. If I'm looking at the over/under at 44 and a half, I actually looked at this last night. Uh, week one, the past three Thursday night games in week one, three out of four of them over. have gone over.
0: Yeah, Apparently last yeah. year it was crazy how high scoring it was, yeah. and that was a huge shock. Kansas City uh, beating New England last year,
2: but even even following that trend, I think I think we see more defense tonight than anything. I don't think well, The Eagles
0: defense is very good. Michael Bennett will play. Yeah. Um, I have no idea. The Falcons defense has improved too. So. Absolutely. So maybe, we'll go so maybe we are going lower in there. Or I'm taking the under. Interesting. Crazy. Absolutely crazy what's going on in the NFL right now. 844 843 6879. 844 843 6879. That's the number to join in. Um, tonight, Frankie, uh, I know JJ is not your guy. But do you think he's a major workhorse tonight without Carson Wentz, given that he does seem to be healthy? Do you think he's a major workhorse, or do we get a glimpse of what you were shared about all season long, all all offseason long, with Ajayi with a mix of Corey Clarkman and Wendell Smallwood and so on and so forth?
2: Yeah, I think that's exactly it. I still have Ajayi ranked as a low end RB2 right now, just based on the rest of the matchups. I don't think this is great for him. Yes, the Falcons give up a lot of receptions and receiving yards to opposing running backs. But they only allowed six rushing touchdowns to running backs last year. So they actually don't allow running backs to score all that much on the ground. I actually think this is a better game, a better matchup for guys like Corey Clement and Darren Sproles. So I could see uh, all three of these guys getting mixed in. Again, he's a low-end RB2. I don't really want to have to trust him. Um, and, and plus he was nursing a foot injury, which he just got cleared to play. So I'm not sure that he's on a full snap count either. He's probably in that 12 to 15 touch range. So I think that makes him like a low-end RB2, high-end RB3. But I, I I will say, in a full PPR, I would start Darren Sproles and Corey Clement over Tevin to Coleman tonight.
0: Why don't you like Tevin Coleman tonight?
2: Just how potent the Eagles' rushing defense was last year. Right. Uh, they were either number one or number two uh, in the least amount of points allowed against running backs last year. I know the Vikings were up there as well, and all they did was make that defensive line better. They go out and get Michael Bennett. So... I do think that it's going to be hard to come by. I don't even love Devontae Freeman. I still have him as like a solid to high-end RB2. He's not a top-12 running back for me this week. Um, And I don't want to start Tevin Coleman. If I could get away from him, if I could start one of those other guys instead, uh, I could give you a couple other names that I have ranked just ahead of him. In a standard league, how about this, Greg? I would start LeGarrette Blunt over Tevin Coleman. I think he has a chance to score against the Jets this week.
0: Would you start Theo Riddick over Tevin Coleman?
2: Uh, In a PPR league, I would.
0: Would you start Mike Gillisley over Tevin Coleman?
2: Uh, that's where...
0: It's a fly.
2: <laughs> uh, that's where it becomes hairy. I, I'd probably start Tevin Coleman. Would you but, start Jordan
0: yeah. Wilkins over Tevin Coleman?
2: I would. You would? I would start Jordan Wilkins. Yeah,
0: out of Tevin Coleman tonight. I,
2: I think he... I think Jordan Wilkins... He's the starter in that game. I think he probably gives
0: you... Until, until Kristen Michaels a starter, by the way. Yeah, probably.
2: But I think we get like 12-plus touches out of Jordan Wilkins in that game. Okay. I just...
0: I'm worried like about, about the touches
2: point. tonight for Tevin Coleman and just overall terrible, terrible match.
0: Over under three and a half catches with Calvin Ridley tonight in his debut. Over. Over. Nice yes. game for Kit for Calvin Ridley then.
2: I have him as a like low-end wide receiver four. It's like right around 48 for me, so.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah. Fair enough. We'll take a break. When we come back, we're joined by Dr. A inside injuries. That happens next.
3: Dailyrodo.com.
0: Awaiting Dr. A from Inside Injuries in his normal Thursday spot for us. We have a ton of injuries we obviously want to get to uh, today. And not just skill position players we've been talking a lot about, um, but also... Uh, some of these offensive linemen and defensive linemen that could affect who you are starting and sitting tomorrow. No doubt, all of your calls start to sit and show, uh show straight out on a Friday. Obviously, that comes your way tomorrow. But as we await Dr. A, we will work to get him on. I want to go over some of the headlines of players that are practicing that we're not going to get a chance to ask Dr. A about, Frank. Um, and I want to start in Seattle with Doug Baldwin, who is practicing in full. It's been an up and down ride for those that have drafted Doug Baldwin this summer. Where you drafted him early, great, you had this borderline wide receiver one. Then he gets hurt. So you drop him a little bit. As all the optimism starts to rise for Doug Baldwin, he jumps back up. All right, cool. He comes out and has a press conference and is like, listen, I'm not going to be 100% all season long. I'm going to be like 85%. And back down he goes. And then things kind of settled where he rose again. Doug Baldwin's practicing in full. We're going to get a glimpse of what Doug Baldwin is this week. However, very tough matchup against Detroit. I'm sorry, against Denver. And a very good cornerback in Chris Harris, who will be all over the field with Doug Baldwin. Uh, how do you feel about starting him this week?
2: Uh, first of all, I'm encouraged that he's practicing in full. So that's a good sign for uh, week one of the season. But going up against Denver, like you mentioned, it is a tougher matchup. But you know they do move Doug Baldwin around a lot. He doesn't just play on the outside. He doesn't just play on the inside. You know They get pretty creative with him and they find ways to move him all over the field. I'm not sure that Chris Harris necessarily follows him inside the slot or whether it's Bradley Roby. Uh, they still do have talented corners there. Don't just think that because they lost to leave that the secondary uh, really – you know they take a huge step back. I still think that this could be a very, very strong defense. I think he's a solid wide receiver too. I'm encouraged that he's practicing in full for week one. Greg,
0: yeah, I think it's obviously a very encouraging sign for Doug Baldwin that he's it's a normal normal work week for him. Even if he gets these maintenance days on a Wednesday going forward, all good. Uh, let's see what he can do, obviously, on Sunday against Denver.
2: Greg, for what it's worth, um, they have they have this shadow coverage matrix on the on Pro Football Focus. It's a tool it. that they have, right? Love it, and they show you every single week that a cornerback shadowed a player. Uh, of of an opposing team, Denver did not use one of their top corners as a shadow cover corner in any single game last year. Now, that might be because they had to keep to and they had Chris Harris so they just figured, all right, no matter who you put on the outside at wide receiver, we're going to have strong corners to play against you. They probably still feel that way, though, because Bradley Roby is very talented as well. Definitely. I'm not sure that they just put Chris Harris on Doug Baldwin in this game. Uh, I still kind of like him. I think he's a sneaky play. All
0: right. Speaking of a wide receivers that were hurt all off season, then you get to Rashard Matthews, who very mysterious injury, which kind of led to I believe is a torn meniscus is what what the injury was uh, for Rashard Matthews. Gets a one year contract extension, but like not really because there's nothing guaranteed and he negotiated it, not an agent. And you shouldn't do that because it's a lo- it's how you lose money. But ultimately Rashard Matthews practicing uh, in. Full this week, which is great, but says, I may be on a snap count because the rookies have looked good. The young guys, the Corey Davises, the Taiwan Taylors of the world. And you know Delaney Walker is going to play and he'll get his compliment of snaps. Uh, Before we get to Dr. Ray, Frank, would you be hesitant to start Rashard Matthews this week?
2: Yeah, there's no chance I have him in my starting lineup. I do think he's a sneaky stash right now uh, because we know the rapport that he has with Marcus Mariota. But I think we could see a very, very big week one out of Corey Davis and Delaney Walker. The Dolphins struggled mightily against the tight end last year. So with Rashad Matthews on a pitch count, whether they're rolling Tywan Taylor out there or throwing more to Deion Lewis, whatever it might be, uh, I think we see a lot of Corey Davis and Delaney Walker in week one.
0: All right, there you go. And with that, we have a lot more injured guys to talk about. So we're going to do it with a good doctor here on a Thursday before the first NFL game of the season. It's Dr. Ray from Inside Injuries. Good morning, Doc
4: morning, guys. How are you guys doing today? We're
0: doing great. Thank you so much for joining us. And the big story over the weekend was Jarek McKinnon tearing his ACL. I know we've talked a lot about the 49ers throughout the offseason when it comes to McKinnon and Breida and George Kittle, including last week with Virginia. But it takes a bigger precedence now. Without Jarek McKinnon uh, on the field all season long, people are going to rely on Matt Breida. He battled his own shoulder injury this summer how much is he ready to go this weekend? So um,
4: it's a grade two shoulder sprain, which is, you know, very, very good in regards to uh, not escalating to a grade three. So it looks like it's just a sprain, probably a rotator cuff sprain. Um, the optimal recovery time for that was two weeks. So he should, that should have been set for August the 21st. He should have healed from that. There's no structural damage, which means translation. There's no actual tear so our our uh, prediction on grade two was likely correct right now he's at low injury risk and peak health and so he should be ready to go to start so there you go injury standpoint
0: very good news from Matt Breida he's ready to rock in week one San Francisco tough matchup though against Minnesota would you start Breida this week
2: I have him ranked, him and Alfred Morris both ranked outside of my top 36, so they're not even in the flex discussion for me. I want to take a wait-and-see approach. Plus, it's just an absolutely brutal matchup. For the reasons I mentioned, I didn't like Tevin Coleman against the Eagles. Again, if Breida and Alfred Morris are taking away from each other, plus they're going up against the Vikings defense, I really don't like that. What's going on, Doc? I wanted to ask you about Austin Safarian Jenkins, a very popular streaming tight end for Week 1 because he's going up against the New York Giants. We've consistently said, Greg, if you would have just played... Every tight end won against the Giants last year. You would have ended up with the number five overall tight end one year ago. So we like ASJ as a week one stream, but now he's dealing with a core muscle injury. He missed practice yesterday, and Doug Marone said, quote, We're just going to be smart about it. I feel like he'll play, but you never know. That doesn't sound too good. Uh, what do you have about Austin Safarian Jenkins this week?
4: Yeah, that's translation for... Uh, It's a grade one core muscle injury, which is the lowest grade other than just a minimal superficial tweak. And so, uh, you know, the optimal recovery time is two weeks for that. And so even though the coach says that, um, what we're seeing in any core muscle injury in any football player, it definitely at a grade one level needs at least a week and a half to two weeks to heal completely. So we're looking at week three, September 18th at the time where he should come back. If he does play in this game, He'll be at an elevated injury risk of twenty percent. That's pretty high. Meaning it's not it's not thirty percent, but it's not nine percent. And so twenty percent is uh, is a little bit too high. I don't think he should play in this game. If he does, he's you know he's out that injury watch basically because um, and he may play significantly limited sl- uh, snaps because you know if he doesn't look good in that first couple of snaps, they may not then they may not keep him in for the rest of the game, which kills any fantasy roster anyway. For that game.
0: Uh, so not a great report there for Austin Safari and Jenkins, especially in a fantastic matchup against the Giants.
2: Yeah, so other streaming tight ends who are kind of right in that range that, you know, I'll boost ahead of him now. Tyler Eifer, for sure, Ricky Seals Jones, where the Washington Redskins struggled mightily against the tight end one year ago, uh, and then I think Ben Watson and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are also you know right ahead of him now. Uh, we love the matchup for ASJ, but based on that report, um, you know it sounds like he can easily re-injure himself, or he's not going to be on a full snap count. I, I wouldn't trust it. Austin and Jenkins in week one, Greg.
0: Let me stick with the tight ends here, Doc, for a moment. I'm ask you about a couple of more, and in particular. Two, court, two tight ends that are simply always injured, Tyler Eifert and Jordan Reed. Both are not even on the injury report this week, which is shocking because they're always on the injury report. We talked about them from a draft perspective, and, and you almost laughed at us when we said we would consider drafting Tyler Eifert and or Jordan Reed. I have now drafted Jordan Reed. I know Frank <laughs> has drafted Jordan Reed in the league. Um, and we're hoping that he's going to stay healthy at, at least for the or going. Uh, what do you think, Doc, this week about Jordan Reed and Tyler Eifert?
4: Well, so here's the good news. I assume you want the good news, but before the bad news first, right? I, I kind of want so the bad that, <laughs> news first, to be totally honest with you. <laughs> well, the bad news is, is these uh, Tyler Eifert's at twenty percent elevated injury risk. He's not going to get any better than that. That is his best number that he's going to get, but his HPF is at peak. So what that tells us is that he's recovered from his injuries. So no existing injury is going to impact his play, but he has a one in five chance of getting injured right now at 20%. And uh, so that means he's got, uh, when you multiply that by 16 games, you know, a fifth of the season right now, he's going to miss no matter. I could tell you right now that the likelihood of him missing a fifth of the season is very high. So um, Jordan Reed varies. He's two percentage points better. Than uh, Tyler Eifert at eighteen <laughs> percent <laughs> elevated injury risk, and but again he's at peak health. He's at the same exact number, eighty-two percent. So these are elevated, uh, high, high reward type guys. You cannot rely on them as like the one or two. You got to go down to three, four, five for these guys. Look, these guys are healthy. They're dominant, but the issue again is that they've been. You know they they've. They've been very cautionary with them in the, in the offseason and preseason, so you haven't heard about any injuries in that sense. But once that first game hits, do not be surprised if one or both of these guys are coming off the field due to an injury. And that's why I'm saying – Take them because uh, uh, you know from that peak in peak HPF, but they're high risk, high reward type guys.
0: And this is the fact that we, we all know this about Tyler Eifert and Jordan Reed: that when they're healthy, they're dominant. Doctor A just said it, especially in the red zone for Tyler Eifert, and, and really all across the board with Jordan Reed. Um, Alex Smith has always utilized his tight end from Vernon Davis back in, in San Francisco, certainly to Travis Kelsey um, in Kansas City. Jordan Reed is good to go. Uh, Jay Gruden said yesterday that yeah, we'll work some other guys in, but Jordan Reed's healthy, and he said both. guys Guys, of course, saying this is as healthy as they felt in years. We'll see if they can if they can be managed. Uh, I took your advice, Frank. I picked up Vernon Davis, dropped Alex Smith, um, and I'm handcuffing him. I'm crazy. I'm handcuffing my tight end and my wide receiver in Geronimo Allison um, and Vernon Davis. Now, I don't know if I have a, ch- I don't think I have a choice, um, but I'm banking on Tyler on Tyler Eifert and Jordan Reed here this Sunday.
2: Yeah, the one thing I liked about Jordan Reed and Tyler Eifert this draft season is that. You finally got them at that discounted price, right? Jordan right. Reed. Didn't cost you much. I mean, the past couple of years, fourth, fifth, sixth round pick. Now you're getting him in the ninth, ninth tenth, tenth round mm-hmm. sometimes. Tyler Eifert, even later than that. I mean, you could have got him with one of your last picks of the draft. So I went to Dr. Ray. I think you, you play these guys while they're healthy. I think, undoubtedly, they're going to miss time at some point. But especially early on in the year, while these guys are healthy, not on the injury report, i go ahead and get them in my lineup I think there's a lot of similarities between handcuffing their backup, too, because Andy Dalton likes to throw to the tight end a lot. Absolutely. If something happens to Eifert, I think Tyler Croft steps in and, and
4: he will be fantasy viable as well. Yeah. You know, one thing to look at Jordan Reed, five plus concussions, first game out, you know, he's on concussion watch. So just that's a tidbit there.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Anytime he he takes a big hit, you're going to be holding your breath. Is he going to leave that game? I mean, that is what you have to worry about, being a Jordan Reed owner. Frankly, I've never owned him before because he never had that discount baked into his price. But this year he did, so that's why I was willing to take that risk. Uh, Doctor, I wanted to ask you about a defensive player, actually, which is something we don't normally do.
0: This one seemed worth it. But he
2: has that much of an impact for fantasy. That's Xavier Rhodes. You've heard of Rhodes closed. Uh, He's dealing with a hamstring injury he was limited in practice yesterday. He's questionable for week one. The reason why we need to know about this is because if he plays, it seems more than likely he is going to shadow Marquise Goodwin in their matchup against the San Francisco 49ers, and we know that that's not a good thing. So what do you have on Xavier Rhodes and his availability for week one?
4: So the compliment to wide receiver for hamstring injuries is a cornerback for hamstring injuries. It is their Achilles heel. And when I saw this, I said, "Uh oh, this is not good. Um, grade one hamstring injury, even though it's grade one for cornerback, that is, uh, you know, you'll see when we talk about our big offensive tackle. But, you know, for for cornerbacks and wide receivers, this is an impactful injury, even at grade one right now. I'm telling you right now he shouldn't play until week three. Wow if he does play if he does play in this game um, look out because right now uh, he's at 31% an injury risk uh, to, to tweak it to worsen it um, if it's truly a grade one hamstring which is what we're showing so right now September 18th. Is when he should he should rest that because then he can be good to go for the rest of the season if he reactivates it, I mean re injures it this game maybe he may be out for half the year I mean, this is serious this is serious guys this is hamstring injuries for wide receivers and cornerbacks is the most important thing from an injury perspective.
2: Yeah, especially for a team that has Super Bowl aspirations in the M- the Minnesota Vikings, Doctor. I just wanted to ask you if they risk Xavier Rhodes playing this week, based on the health uh the health risk factors that you have there what percentage do you think he would be at if he's playing this week is it is it like 60% 70% uh what would you say you
4: do- 39% right now um probably at game time if he has the next uh uh 3 days to uh probably heal maybe it'll go up to 46 47%. I don't think even he won't get to 50%
2: well, it interest- makes you feel better about playing Marquis Goodwin. Well, I was,
0: going, good. I was going to say, because the player that he's going to guard is a burner, right? Like, he's going to make him test that over and over and over again. Definitely feel a little bit better about starting Marquise Goodwin this weekend. Yeah, and
2: Jimmy Garoppolo, for that matter.
0: And Jimmy Garoppolo, no doubt about it. Although, with quarterbacks, you probably have a better option, I, I would think.
2: Yeah. Andy Dalton, that streamer, if he's available. I think you're still starting him over, Jimmy G.
0: I'm going to actually stick at the tight end where I was before, because in Arizona, we, we've seen he will take shots on Ricky Seals Jones with the, with the thought process being he's going to improve in, in year two as a recognizable name. All that thought process was if Jermaine Gresham remained hurt. Gresham came off the pup list at the end of training camp because the team didn't think that he would miss six games. Well, now he's practicing this week. Is Jermaine Gresham ready to go, and, and could he play on Sunday? No.
4: (laughs) And he shouldn't play on Sunday. Uh, Right now, our HTR shows him October 15th, which is week six, basically. So I think he's off the pup list because he will be utilizing all of that time. But I think week six is the one where he should optimally come back. If he does come back before... You know, again, you're taking a risk. he's at still he's at still high and he's at the like borderline of elevated and high injury risk, and he's at a below average poor designation right now, mainly because he still has five to six weeks left to recover. okay a, a, a completely torn Achilles on a tight end or any football player. I mean it's, a, it's like a forty week recovery basically.
0: Okay, so nothing to worry about, essentially, if you have Ricky Seals Jones. Like Again, he, good matchup this week. Play him over
2: Austin Severian Jenkins. Clearly now. You were debating between those two.
0: Yeah, and so in, in regards to another injury would, that, that has to do with other players as well, Sonny Michelle is back practicing for New England, and we've heard Rex Burkhead could be eased into action for New England, and the same goes to Sonny Michelle. Is he going to play on Sunday?
4: He shouldn't. Um, his HTR is in the middle of week two somewhere. So he should okay. not play in this first game. He shouldn't. Even though I think a lot of people want to see him. Um, you know, it, it's just he's he's been injured a lot of Georgia. And, you know, I know a lot about him because uh, he's in my hometown, <laughs> basically. <laughs> but uh, uh, but yeah, no, a week two is kind of what we're looking at. He, his, his, his numbers have improved as he's been rehabbing to 16% uh, injury risk. It was at 28%. Only two weeks ago. So he's improved to 16% and he's gone from poor to below average. So now he's escalating up to above average. So, you know, just give it time week two, he should be very close to low injury risk and back up to above average peak health.
2: Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised one bit if they sit him this week, they have enough other options out there between Rex Burkhead, Jeremy Hill, um, and James White. So I think they have options. I think it would be smart for them to sit him as well. Doc, just one more question here. I asked you about Xavier Rhodes. I also wanted to ask you about Anthony Costanzo, a left tackle for the Indianapolis Colts, who's covering the blind side for Andrew Luck, who, you know, is recovering from the shoulder. He needs all the protection he can get. We only have one minute left. Uh, Costanzo dealing with the hamstring injury. Does he play this week? And if not, how does that affect Andrew Luck?
4: So, hamstring injuries to cornerbacks and wide receivers. I told you our algorithm's uh, point on that. Offensive tackles not so much so you know grade two hamstring injury he had it then it then it reaggravated, um and uh right now though he's still at low injury risk at nine percent peak health at 90 percent. this is not going to affect him too much it's not a significant stabilizer muscle his quadriceps and all these other muscles and hips uh, lateral rotators those are these are the things that are will stabilize an offensive tackle so he should be good to go he i mean he'll experience some pain probably in it but he's not at super High injury risk, you know, he should be good to go. That good news for Andrew Luck.
0: There you go, Doc. Inside injuries, the expert. It's Dr. A. Rooting for your Falcons tonight, Doc. Oh, yeah, ready to go. <laughs> hey, um, I'm rooting for him too. Screw the Eagles. There we go. Football is back. Dr. A will be with us every Thursday going forward throughout the NFL season. When we come back, Frank and I make our season long picks and we answer your calls at 844 843 6879. Stick with us. It's your fantasy best friends
3: forever.
0: Fantasy Factors' free entry million-dollar NFL Survivor Contest is now open. Sign up today and play for a chance to win $1 million. Go to FantasyFactor.com. That's FantasyFactor.com. Uh, Frankie. Did you jump in yet? I have jumped in. I have entered my Survivor team. Me too. I'm going with the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah! Pound it. Go Ravens. Go Ravens go. I'm flying like Ravens tonight. whatever that means whatever that means we also want to remind you that bet dsi is celebrating 20 years as the industry's biggest and safest betting site they have great customer service and fast easy payment of winnings you can play virtually every sport at bet dsi with hundreds of wagering options including live in-game wagering on all major sporting events where you can play at any time There's, there's more here using promo code fntsy BetDSI is offering up to a million dollar bonus or thousand dollar bonus not a million dollars that's a fantasy factor survivor contest (laughs) using promo code fntsy BetDSI is offering up to a thousand dollar bonus on your first deposit use promo code fntsy and try betdsi.com that's betdsi.com the promo code is fntsy head on over and start winning today
2: Yes. All right, what are we doing first, Greg? Are we previewing the Thursday night game? Are we doing our season-long previews? We're going to take some calls. I feel like we got to do a little bit of rapid-fire everything.
0: We're going to take some calls. Let's 844-843-6879. Let's get to Pete in Florida. Start us off. What's up, Pete?
1: Hey, what's up, guys? Love the show. Awesome.
0: Appreciate it, man. Thanks for sticking with hey, us. What's going on?
1: Yeah, i got a question uh, with this Bell drama uh, trade question. He wants, he wants Rec, Rex Burkhead from me. And he'll be giving me, I got Lev Bell, and he'll be giving me Connor and Duke Johnson. And can I tell you my lineup quick? Yes. My, all my running backs, I'm a little thin. I got Lev Bell, Burkhead, Marshawn Lynch, Penny, uh, Aaron Jones, and Latavius Murray. But my wide receivers are stacked. I got A.J., Adams, and Baldwin stacked.
2: Yeah, you know what, Greg? I what actually, do not I, I don't think the running back situation is all that bad, honestly. Same. Uh, and I, I would do this trade. I would do this trade.
0: I think I would do it as well. I think you're actually in a really good position to do it. I make the move.
2: Yeah, you get James Conner. You pair him with Le'Veon Bell. You yep. play Conner until, presumably, Le'Veon Bell returns. Hopefully. Uh, you, you have him and Marshawn Lynch as your RB1 and 2. And then you have a few stash candidates, guys that could pop off later on in the year, in Rashad Penny and Aaron Jones. So I actually don't mind this.
0: I agree. I agree. Yeah, sounds good, guys. Let's go back to the phones at 844-843-6879. Let's go to Joshua in Colorado. What's up, Joshua?
1: What's up, guys? How you guys doing today? We're
0: doing great, man. What's happening?
1: Great. So um I have a three-part question here. I have... Uh Jordan Howard and Carlos Hyde, but uh, I guess my guru on my NFL, um, NFL fantasy uh, website said to play Jordan Howard over Carlos Hyde. What are you guys thinking there?
0: I think it makes sense to me. I'm going Jordan Howard over Carlos Hyde.
2: I like Carlos Hyde a Got lot you. this week, but I'm still going to keep Jordan, Jordan Howard in the lineup. The Bears offensive line, um, I think he's going to have an opportunity to, I think he's going to get more touches overall in this game, but it's tough because I do like Carlos Hyde a lot as well.
1: Alrighty, and my second question I would say here would be so I have Teg in and uh, Rashad Matthews. They're saying to start Rashad Matthews ahead of Ted Ginn, but Teg in has a higher moral projection. What do you guys say there?
0: You have anybody else you can choose from between those two guys? Well,
1: let's see here. John Ross, um, John Ross, Geronimo Allison, um, but the, the rest of my two, I have Antonio Brown and Marquise Goodwin already right. starting, as well as Chris Hogan. It's so interesting because I, I like.
0: I think I like Ross and Allison both better than the other two choices that you have. I would
2: take the shot on John Ross. Yeah, that matchup against the Colts second doesn't get any better. Yeah, I take the shot on John with Ross. Those, yeah. The wide receivers okay. he already right. has in his lineup.
0: I agree. Uh, we'll we'll both take the shot on John Ross there. Before we get to our season long picks, Frank, I want to pick tonight's game: Atlanta and the Philadelphia Eagles. The line is at one. Is that correct? That is correct. Line is at one. Philly is a one point favorite, the defending Super Bowl champions no, at home. It's moved. The Falcons are minus one.
2: What? The Falcons are minus one in this game. According to what I'm looking
0: at. <laughs> that's unbelievable. Yep. I'm gonna, ch- I'm gonna check the we're gonna go to the FanDuel Sportsbook here. Well, that's what, well, that's what I'm looking at. Okay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, do we have to change our graphic now that we made? Probably. Okay. <laughs> Actually, hey. we, we can't because we already talked about what the line was previously in the video. Oh, gosh. So we will not be changing the graphic. <laughs> um, wow. Okay, so the updated line is the Falcons are a one-point favorite in this one against the Eagles. Absolutely unbelievable. I'm taking the Eagles. Screw it, man. Like, I think the Falcons will oh, win. But now I'm getting a point two. Not that you can, I yeah. can push also. Twenty-one twenty, something yeah. like that. I'm taking the Eagles. This, it's gone too far.
2: It, this seems like a trap game. I'm going to continue to choose the Falcons, but the more and more it goes the other way, I again, I feel like I feel like it could be a trap, Greg. So if I, if I'm taking a bet tonight, I'm taking the under at 44 and a half. Okay, I could see this game 20 to 17. Yeah, 21, 20. Get it. The, the question is, do you think it gets to 24, 21? Because that's the cutoff. That is right, right. there at 45. I don't know. Is it 44 and a half? Nick, I think this game goes under. You know what's
0: crazy, man? Nick Foles looks so bad. Like, Remember in yeah. practice last year before we started? In practice, he looked so terrible. There were rumors they were going to start Nate Sudfeld. And they're like, no, we're going to stick with Nick Foles. And he went on oh, and we'll win a Super Bowl. Yeah. I'm going to go with the Eagles.
2: Look, this game was 15-10 to 10 last year in the playoffs. You could argue both defenses got better. Totally. So, I, totally. I, I, if I'm taking a bet, I'm taking condi- the under.
0: Tough conditions, though, in Philly that day. Very, very cold out. Obviously, yep. it'll be beautiful uh, tonight. Very, very hot, actually, uh, in Philadelphia. 90 degrees today. Yeah,
2: If I have to choose a winner, I'll take the Falcons, but I'm taking the
0: under. All right, I'll take the Eagles as my pick in this one. Speaking of picks, let's go through our picks, Frankie. Uh, all season long, um, we're not all season long, all year long, we want to give you, we give you your picks every Friday, of course, our top five plays of the day, uh, but we want to make our season-long picks. Divisions, wild cards, playoffs, champions, blah, 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 blah. Let's start off in the Eagles division. Let's start off in the FC East.
2: I will take the Eagles, but you know, I actually struggled with this a little bit last night. They were 13 and 3 last year. I think they I think they bounced back. I think they fall come back to earth a little bit more. So this year, I could see them at about 10 and 6, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants or Cowboys make a run here. I could see the either the Giants at 9 wins or the Cowboys surprising some people at 8 or 9 wins. Um, so I think that the one of those teams are going to be right on the Eagles this year with Nick Foles and the uncertainty of uh, Carson Wentz' health and the Super Bowl hangover. I see this team at 10-6. and 6. They still win a division, but it's a lot closer than last year.
0: I'll say the Giants because I'm a homer. Really? Yeah. I, you know what? The Giants can Every do Every
2: time I talk to you, you're like, the Giants are a disaster. Yeah. They'll win eight games this year. And now you're picking them to win the division.
0: Well, let's remember when I did the rookie, when I did the, these picks previously. I picked Lee, Luis Severino. I picked Clever Torres. Um, you know, I actually, I the Yankees to win the World I
2: actually chose Jacob deGrom to uh, to win the Cy Young for a baseball You team. did? That's right. Right. You guys laughed at me.
0: Yeah, because we said you should have taken Cinder
2: You know who my AL MVP was? But didn't
0: you wait? Did you, <laughs> did you like DeGrom more than... Because we were doing the fantasy rankings. You didn't have DeGrom. Did you have DeGrom that yep. next? Okay.
2: Yeah. I had him like the highest of that.
0: Yep. I, chose, I chose Arenado. I, I, fantasy, I, I chose Arenado as my NL MVP. MVP I know that. I had Freddie Freeman.
2: Okay. Yeah.
0: Who's your AL MVP? Gary Sanchez. <laughs> <laughs> There's an LVP that actually is Gary Sanchez. Yeah, absolutely. Who's my MVP? Oh, it was Aaron Chunch. That's Which could have been
2: based on the way that the Yankees are playing right now, he, <laughs> he might be win. the most valuable
0: player win. in baseball. He should win. All right, uh, NFC North, uh, Frankie, I'm gonna go with the Green Bay Packers here. Uh, I think Aaron Rodgers will stay healthy, and I think this team, uh, will be. I think the Vikings regress just a little bit, so I'll say the Packers win the NFC North.
2: I will also say the Packers, I think it's very close between them and the Vikings, um, but. All the Packers really need is that offensive line to stay healthy. They've made a ton of additions to that secondary to try and shore it up in the offseason. They bring back Tremont Williams, who had a fine season in Arizona last year, and then they draft arguably two of the top three cornerbacks in the draft, and Jair Alexander and Josh Jackson. So I can actually see the Green Bay Packers defense taking a New Orleans Saints kind of um, you know transition from last year where we've never seen the Saints defense be good or adequate. I can see the Packers doing that this year.
0: In the NFC West, the Rams are your defending champions Had a fantastic year. but This could be a very, very competitive division uh, with the Rams and the Niners obviously looking up. I think the Cardinals would be a lot better. Um, and we'll see what the Seahawks bring. I, to me, I'm going to pick the Rams here. I just I just don't know if everybody else has enough. I, as I said, I think the 49ers could be good. I like the Cardinals too. You know, I love the Cardinals over. We spoke about that on our over under show a couple of weeks back. So I like the Rams to win this division.
2: Greg, I think there's a lot of parity in this division. Outside of the Los Angeles Rams. I think the Rams dominate in this division. I could see them at 11 or 12 wins. They okay. do have a very, very tough schedule this very year. Very tough. But in terms of balance, I don't know that there's a more exactly. well-balanced team in the NFL right now. From the elite players that they added to their defense, again, there's a lot of personalities on that defense, so Sean McVay's going to have his hands full, but... Just in terms of their offensive line, their running back, the the improving quarterback play, and and their overall coaching, uh, I like the Rams a lot this year. I take them to win a division. Uh, I do think that the Cardinals, Seahawks, and Niners. 49ers are all kind of close within like seven to nine wins, though.
0: NFC South, traditionally one of the toughest divisions to pick with. All four teams usually being pretty good. This year, the Bucks uh, look to be the worst, but you know we'll see how it obviously turns out when Jameis Winston gets back from his suspension. Saints were the wild card team last year, despite winning 11 games. Uh, Carolina won this division, uh, and Atlanta just two years ago were the NFC representatives in the Super Bowl. Uh, who do you got in this one?
2: Yeah, so I have the New Orleans Saints. I think they're gonna they're gonna come out hot this year after what happened in the uh, the miracle in Minneapolis last season, uh, where you know. They, you know, what's what's left to be said about that. Um, so, yeah, I think the Saints win this division. Uh, but again, I think there's, I think there's a lot of parity. I think it's close between them and the Falcons. Before
0: we sign off, YouTube, let me give you give me your wild cards of the NFC.
2: Uh, I will take the Vikings. And the I'm
0: also taking the Saints, by the way. That's when I, okay. didn't, I didn't go further. I'm taking the Saints as well.
2: I'm taking the Vikings and the Falcons in the wild cards.
0: Vikings and the Falcons in the wild card. I am taking the Vikings as one of my wild cards. The second wild card, it's tough, man. Um, my second wild card. It's reminding you, you took the Giants. I, I know, I'm, I'm, looking, right. I'm looking at that. So the
2: Eagles are still out there.
0: They are. The Eagles are, 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 are the Eagles are still out there. Uh, for my second wild card, I'm going to go with the Arizona Cardinals. I like the Cardinals this year. I think they surprised wow. people. All right, let's go off the board. You know, some of these teams it's that surprise off the grid. you. Oh man, I like the Panthers too. to go with the Cardinals. Why not? Who was your second wild card? Who did you say it was again? I'm sorry, Falcons. The Falcons. Okay. Like the Falcons too. All right, uh, we'll sign off YouTube now. We'll get the AFC picks on radio and podcast only. Uh, we'll make our Super Bowl predictions there as well. So if you want those, you got to listen to our podcast or turn on the FNTSY radio app right now. iHeart, of course, uh, that will work as well. We appreciate you watching. The Fantasy Football Frenzy comes your way next. Let's get to the AFC East here, Frankie. Um, in the AFC Do East, we? well, we'll take the Patriots. Yes, yeah, we'll both uh, take. The I Patriots. don't want to waste. I don't want to waste time doing it. Yep. Um, AFC North. North.
2: The AFC North, they lose Le'Veon Bell, but I still think this is the Pittsburgh Steelers' division to lose. I agree.
0: We also, we'll take the Steelers there. In the AFC West, who do you got there?
2: I think this will be our first differing uh, choice, and I will take That's the Los Angeles Chargers. S- oh, I'm the very, very bullish on the Chargers this
0: year. It wasn't the first. I took the Giants. You took the Eagles.
2: Well, I meant in the AFC.
0: Ah, yes. You're taking the Chargers. You're bullish on them. Everybody's bullish on the Chargers this year. And I'm going to tell you what. Chargers let you down every year. This is different, Greg. This is not this going to be different. different Greg. Get out of here, give me Andy Reid. Give me the Chiefs. I know everyone thinks their defense is suspect. Talk about
2: letting you down every year. But
0: that yeah, not in the playoffs. In the playoffs. But that offense is going to be fun. Give me the Chiefs. Yeah, I think
2: they get washed in week one by the Chargers.
0: We'll see. Yes, AFC sir. South, the Jaguars, the defending champions. They made it all the way to the AFC Championship game. Uh, do you like them to repeat? I do not. I have
2: the—it's a very risky—it's a high-risk, high-reward play here, but if their defense stays healthy, if Deshaun Watson stays healthy, the Houston Texans will win this division, Greg.
0: Uh, I love Houston Texans, but I have them as a wild card in the AFC. I think Texans can really do damage. I think they can make the Super Bowl, in all honesty. Uh, but I think the Jaguars' defense—and their offense is improving also. We talked about well-balanced team. Um, I think the, the Rams are definitely the most balanced team, potentially, in the NFC. I think you can make a case that the Jaguars are the most balanced team in the AFC. So I'm going to make the Jaguars my division winner, with the Texans being one of my wild card teams. The other wild card team is a team that's just, they're always there. They always find a way to fight and, and get very, very close. I'm going to put the Ravens as my second wild card team. The
2: Ravens? Yeah. That's interesting. So I actually have three teams making the playoffs out of the AFC South. I have the Texans winning the division, and then I have the Titans and the Jacksonville Jaguars. I could see all three teams at nine and seven, or maybe the Texans at ten and six, but the other two there at nine and seven.
0: I think one of these—it's um, interesting because the Colts are another competitive team with Andrew Luck. So I think this will be a very competitive division in the AFC South. Give me your Super Bowl, please.
2: So you would have thought Michael Florio made these predictions after moving to LA, but I have the Rams over the Chargers. Wow, the battle have, of L.A. I have the battle of L.A. And I you no, know, I was tossing and turning in bed last night. I was actually thinking about this. I think the NFC is wide open. I, I think there's a good chance that the Patriots get knocked off this year in the AFC. And if it does happen, it's from the Chargers. Love that defense. Love that pass rush. They made improvements to the offensive line. They have Phillip Rivers. They have a great running back in Melvin Gordon. I just think there's a lot of balance on that Chargers team. And then for the Rams, once again, what I said, balance. They have a ton of stars on that defense. I struggled between them and the Saints. I really—it was the Rams or the Saints for me, but I'll do the Battle of L.A. The Rams win it all this year. It's amazing
0: because I also have the Rams as my Super Bowl champion because they are so well-balanced. To me, um, I'm between two teams of of who I think will win it. But you know what? I'll go with my AFC best team also. I'll go with the Rams over the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. All right. I'll go with the Rams over the Chiefs. I was really considering putting the Texans in there because I think they're balanced as well. But like the Jaguars too, and I think they'll cancel each other out. I'm going to go with the Rams over the Chiefs in this Super Bowl. Who is your NFL MVP this year, Frank?
2: The NFL MVP, if I had to choose one, it would probably be like a Tom Brady or whatever. You do but only if,
0: have to choose one, so.
2: If I, if I was throwing down bets, I would throw it down on either Philip Rivers or Todd Gurley.
0: What's your pick? i got to put it in here. I'll say Philip Rivers. I'll say Philip Rivers. That's a mistake. He'll never win the MVP. Okay. That's. That, that's I
2: mean, if the yeah. Chargers go twelve and four and he throws thirty touchdowns, he'll
0: be the MVP, Greg. No, he won't be the MVP. You're good. Okay. You're, you're, that's, Why that's, do you that's, hate that, Philip Rivers so much? He's
2: a loser. Trading him away was the best thing that your franchise ever did. I agree. Did. Why do you 100%. hate?
0: Him? He's a loser. That's all. Hey, all going you eat your words this year, Greg. We'll find out. Uh, my my NFL MVP. to um, me, Aaron Rodgers.
2: Oh come on. The favorite at plus 400. It's so boring, Greg.
0: I, yeah, 100%. Who is your NFL rookie of the year? Mine's Saquon Barkley. He plays well. There's the an downs.
2: offensive and a defensive. I oh, have, offensive I, rookie. I have Saquon, but I think a sneaky bet if some kind of injury injury were to strike to Saquon, it's my homer pick. It's Sam Darnold.
0: Oh, so you, wanna, you just <laughs> need to get the Jets in there somewhere. That, that I have to get the Jets in there somewhere. All right, do you have a defensive rookie of the year? Is that your I think Bradley Chubb.
2: I think Bradley Chubb has a good chance of winning Defensive Rookie of the Year, playing opposite of Von Miller. There's going to be lots of opportunities for him this season.
0: I don't really know any defensive rookies, so
2: Denzel Ward, Bradley Chubb, no, either of the Packers, n- neither corners. of those,
0: neither of those guys, no. I haven't, I'll let you know when I know. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you know when I know the Defensive <laughs> Rookie of the Year. I, I haven't, I have found. I, I haven't found him yet. Uh, is there anything else you want to pick?
2: Um, no, that's pretty much it. Uh, I think you know Philip Rivers and Todd Gurley. If you're just throwing down a little bit. For the MVP plus twenty like, five
0: hundred, I like the girly plus 2500. Yeah, I, plus twenty five hundred. Yeah, I considered that. The
2: Rams and Chargers, I believe, are both plus twenty two hundred. So you just throw down a little bit on either one of those. For the teams Chiefs to win the Super Bowl, you have that. Uh, if I can pull it up really quickly.
0: Oh wait, it shows not anything or anything. <laughs> plus thirty three hundred. There one you the go. Chiefs. Sprinkle, baby, sprinkle. Fantasy Football Frenzy with Corey Parson, Jim Day, and Chris Venture coming your way next. For Frankie Staple, I'm Greg Sussman. And we'll do it all again on a Football Friday tomorrow. We, we hope. hope.